welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast from St. Louis. That's where I am, Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer, St. Posner, sports editor of the Union Caribbean, back in San Diego. Jay, Padres are four and three. Manny Machado has a home run. What else has stood out to you through two series? Machado's defense, Fernando, mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr.'s spectacular defense. Starting pitching was good through the weekend against the Giants. And I thought, I mean, Eric Lauer, was, it was weird the other night. He, he was throwing well, and then it kind of all fell apart. And then I think he had a good inning before he went out. Final numbers weren't great. Lucchese has yet to allow a run. That's obviously good. The bullpen, mostly good. I mean, Stammen and Yates, been good. Uh, who else has been good? Wingenter? Wingenter's been good. Um, I would say Stock had one bad outing. Stock had the one bad outing. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, they had a winning homestand. I mean, I think, I think in the big, in the big picture, when it comes to this team and and showing improvement, I think especially in April to have a winning homestand and being over five hundred, it's like okay, you know, you take what you can get at this point. And you know, there's too many years where they've started, you know, two and five or whatever. And uh, I thought yesterday, from that standpoint, I, I I don't want to call it a big win. I mean, it was the seventh game of the season, but I thought it was important from the standpoint of, you know, you certainly don't want to get swept at home. You know, the players obviously don't want that. I thought there was a, a segment of the fan base that feels like, you know, they can't wait for something to go wrong and getting swept by the Diamondbacks, you know, might have might have unleashed something among those people. I, I, it's way too – I mean, it's it, this is how early it is. I, I glanced – the Cardinals are 3-3. Three and three. I didn't look at any I, – I, I won't say I didn't look at any numbers. I started to look at stats – I noticed that Colton Wong and Paul Goldschmidt are off to, to hot starts. I didn't look at anything else. I didn't look at their pitching stats. It's six, you know, they're three and three. It's six games. I, you can't read anything into anything at this point. Is my is my feeling. Where where are you on that? Well, Jay, I want to address where you went with the, the segment of, of the fan base, and and what it brings to mind is yes, there are people that are waiting uh, for it to fall apart. Maybe in fact, everybody who follows uh, the Padres is sort of waiting for that, and that's a well earned reputation that the team has. And so, I mean, I think it's a great point you bring up that it's early, and it also makes me think how like how long it's going to take. Yes, there's the excitement, but it's this ten. Excitement! How long it's going to take for the Padres to prove to people that they they are who they think they can be? I mean, the crowd drop off, and of course, it's the middle of the week, and it's the Diamondbacks, and no one wants to come and see ugly uniforms, and, and you know, a team that comes to town, you know, nine, ten times a year. But but like, it's going to take a while for it to be legit in in, in so many ways. Look. The veteran players, both the guys who've been here, and I thought it was interesting a couple times when I talked to Manny Machado before the start of the season. Here's a guy who wasn't here, but it was clear in what he was saying that he had been talked to by coaches, by Eric Hosmer, that this team needed to figure out how to not go into deep slides, that it needed to not be so mercurial. And and so, you know what? <laughs> Look. In the short term and maybe in the grand scheme, I think that Wednesday's victory was a big victory for the reason that you said. Right, and I do think this team is going to have a losing streak of, I don't know, what, five, six, seven yeah, games at sure. some point during the season. Um, 
just like they're probably going to have a winning streak that long. So it's just so up and down. And we went through this last year when we, you know, when we were, we're doing this twice a week and it's like, you know, you're trying not to read too much <laughs> into everything, but Hey, we got to do this a couple times a week. So we got to talk about what happened, but I do think it's going to take quite a while before we know what kind of team this is. And he, and even if, look, they could go 20 and 10 in the first 30 games and I'm not going to say this team's going to the playoffs. I mean, I, I just don't think 30 games out of 162, you're just not going to learn about what this team is. I mean, let, we need to wait a couple months before we can really make any complete judgments about the team. Now, I'm sure we'll make judgments before then, and obviously other people out there will make judgments even sooner than that. But I, I think for what we've seen so far, I, I think you can make certain judgments, and I think one of them, like I mentioned, was the defense on the left side of the infield. That's fun to watch every day. You don't know what you're going to see. Machado has been outstanding for, you know, whatever it is, six years at third base. Fernando Tatis Jr. just looks like the kind of guy that every time the ball's hit to that, toward him, you're thinking he's going to do something spectacular. And to me, that's fun as a fan to watch, to just not know what's going to happen. And you may see something spectacular, which we've seen a couple times already out of him. And then the, the not know what's going to happen is, is, is like this positive thing versus we kind of knew what was going to happen <laughs> uh, you know, last year. The Tatis thing, it shows you this. Look, I, I, I think anyone who followed the team understood how much I respected uh, Freddie Galvis last year. The, maybe the steadiest shortstop uh, in, in the league over the past several years, but not spectacular. As a matter of fact, his range you know, and all the metrics, and it, was, it was clear, right? But and you see what a guy who can rob runs. Now, Fernando Tatis Jr., like all of these uh, you know, flashy, uh, spectacular, incredibly gifted shortstops, is going to boot some balls that he probably should. Of that's course, just the way right. it is. But he's going to take away runs, and, and that, that's just – that they'll take that all the time, and then he's so athletic. the 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 other thing, I, before you get away from Tatis, he's so athletic around the bag. He made that tag. Oh, he made the, the tag the other uh, the other day, and even the other night, on I think there was a tag at second base mm-hmm. in the Arizona uh, game that I went to. That was just like God. He's just he's got such skill, and and it's just it's exciting from a fan st- again from a fan standpoint to see a guy who's twenty years old. And, and really looks like he's going to be the real deal. And, you know, he may not hit all that much this year. I don't have any idea. I mean, he's again, he's 20 years old. He's he's doing this for the first time. He's clearly got some ability. I mean, you saw the way the, with the home run, the way the ball jumps off his bat at times. But I'm sure he's going to go through some times where he's one for 20 or something like that, and teams pound him on the inside, which they were trying to do, and he can't lay off, and or he starts chasing away or whatever. But that that's going to happen. It's like Machado hitting the home run yesterday. You knew eventually – he was going to hit a home run. Um, so I, it was good to see him do it at Petco. And, you know, now uh, they they go on the road and, and 10 games, basically against the Card- three against the Cardinals and then the same teams they just played. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tatis is the kind of guy, and this is why I always wondered, like, the Padres had like these legitimate reasons, right, that they would have kept him down at the start of the season. We've been over all those. Right. But there was always this thing of like, but – you know, you've said, all of us have seen that are around the team, that he's the kind of guy who could handle failure. So you're right about that plate discipline and about a certain weakness, but he's also the kind of guy who can handle it and then and then um, adapt and, and get better at it. That, and so I don't think there's any worry there. The Machado thing is that he makes stuff look so easy. Absolutely. You know? yeah. Really. Well, I'm not questioning myself. Wait a minute. 
should I be impressed by that play? Because <laughs> he yeah. just made it look like nonchalant. No, it's very, it's very, uh, very much like watching Arenado play. Um, you know, who I who I think is the, is still. I mean, if you were gonna, I haven't seen Machado play on a, as much as I've seen Arenado play. So I'm, I'm, I guess at this point, I'm more impressed with what I've seen from Arenado. But sure. from what I've seen of Machado, he looks like he's. If anyone's in that in that neighborhood, he he's at least around the corner. Uh, as as opposed to blocks away like most of the most of the third basemen that are that are in the league. So uh, the Padres third basemen last year were playing a different game. Yeah, exactly. They, they, exactly. They <laughs> no, no, that's. Uh, no, I got to say this. That's true. Christian Villanueva got a lot better, but his weakness at the plate, and he wasn't going to be elite. But I, I just want to make sure I say that, that Christian Villanueva, he might be the guy who comes back from Japan and is an all-star. Anyway, I just just put that in your pocket, Jay. Uh, Nick Margavichis makes his second start uh, tomorrow. This is very interesting because I'm not sure how long Nick Margavichis will be around if he doesn't continue to pitch uh, to the tune of one run uh, and, and five or six innings right. uh, every start out, um, just because. Uh, you know, some of that will be the circumstances around the team, and I'm not saying they're going to yank this guy after one bad outing, but the, the sense I get is that it's kind of a trial basis, as a lot of guys are, and, and some of it will depend. What's what's he doing? While what what is Logan Allen doing? What's he doing? While what Cal Coronsville doing? Both those guys down in AAA. The Cardinals don't hit lefties well. Um, like they're just a, a bit above 100, and. For some reason, I found that to be a tongue twister, a bit above 100 uh, in the lefties that they face. They'll uh-huh. face also Matt Strom on Sunday with Chris Paddock in the middle. Padres place will face Jack Flaherty on uh, Friday, Michael Waka on uh, Saturday, and it'll be Strom going against Wainwright on Sunday. I think, man, I think it's going to be really cool watching the starting pitchers, all both sides. Yeah, no, I... I, I would agree, and I I think each game is is sort of interesting in its own way about yes. the, about the starting pitching and just seeing what the Padres have. I mean, Margavichus pitched really well for five innings the other night. I don't think anybody could have expected anything anything more than than that from a kid who was you know pitched in a ball yeah. last year. Chris Paddock was Chris Pat was what we thought Chris Paddock would be on Sunday. The disappointment of the starting pitching so far was Matt Strom. On Monday, we both talked for all spring long about how much we we liked Matt Strom. We were impressed with Matt Strom, and he he went out Monday, and he was terrible. But it was one start out of what you know the Padres hope will be at least twenty five from someone like Matt Strom. So I, I don't want to read anything into that. I saw too much of of how good Strom can be last year to to worry about one uh, one outing. Uh, and then they'll throw. We'll talk about this next week. But it's interesting. I was just thinking. They'll throw all three lefties then against uh, San Francisco. Oh, next I better week. keep so, that in mind. So there's an advantage. So there's an advantage of of uh, you know those guys get to pitch in an extreme pitchers park uh, before you know the rotation sort of goes around again into the where where Paddock will have to pitch in Arizona, uh, it, where it's not so much a pitchers park. But I I just think each outing is really really interesting uh, to see how these guys perform in different environments. I mean, Margavichus is, is pitching tomorrow in, in front. I don't know what that stadium holds, 45,000 or something like that. You know, in the in the home opener, it's going to be quite an atmosphere for, for a kid. I would assume he's going to have some family there. You know, it's not a, not a terribly long trip. Those His family came to San Diego. I'm sure they're going to go to St. Louis from Ohio and then see Chris Paddock pitch in that environment on uh, on Saturday. I just That's the kind of stuff I'm looking forward to seeing is how these guys react in in different situations absolutely hey i want to point out that nick margavichis pitched his final start in low a fort wayne on july 1st of last year (laughs) 
That's not just single A. Yeah. That's when he was promoted to what they call single A Lake Elsinore right. was uh, after July 1st. That's incredible. And and that's why, yeah, and it was interesting to read this piece that Jeff Sanders uh, had yesterday, online yesterday and in the paper today, about guys like Mackenzie Gore and, and Luis Patino are talking about, hey, Mark Abichus and Paddock were in A-ball last year, and now they're in the big leagues. You know, maybe that can be me next year. Now, maybe it will, maybe it won't. I, I don't think that's going to be the, the path that the Padres want most of these young pitchers to take. Um, but it's it's good that, to see that they're thinking that way and that, you know, Mackenzie Gore was not happy with the way he pitched last year, and it, it looked like he pitched much better in Mexico. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to to take the drive up the freeway, up 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 the 15 at times this year to see – Mackenzie Gore uh, pitch up there. I know that that's a trip I definitely want to make, and and I know uh, you know I know Jeff Sanders is going to be there a few times to uh, to write about Gore and just his progress and everything. So that's that's going to be a good uh, something else to keep to keep an eye on. Heck yeah! I mean, you said you know what? You talk to AJ Prowler, and you're talking about the major league team, and he's around the major league team a lot more. It's funny how the team's gotten better, and he needs to assess. He's around the major league team more. You can tell that already. Um, but he almost every conversation. Oh, you should see this. Oh, you should see that. We're in Seattle. I'm talking to him about. He's uh, talking about the team. He goes, "You should have gone to Mexico City. That was incredible. Like what <laughs> Gore did there. I mean, it's like and like they're really excited. And I don't think they have any doubt that Gore, Patino, Baez, Morahone. Think about that. I just mean they're four top. Um, well, Baez is not among the top four, but those I just mean they're top three: Patino, Patino, Morahone, and Gore. And Gore okay. Right. Uh huh. Their top three pitching prospects, they will be in big league camp next year. That's there's no doubt that's what the Padres are planning. So, and that if you're in big league camp, uh, just not in Mark Abbott, Lauer, right. uh, Luke Casey, they, they've shown, and those guys are supposedly aren't these guys, right? No, uh, and that's Paddock, of and, right, and that's on top of of Allen and Quantrill and you know yep. Mark Abbott and the other guys. So I I do think that it's you know we'll we'll have to definitely keep an eye on yeah. on uh, the minors like like we have for the past few years, but with a different perspective, knowing that there's already guys that are up here. Yeah, you know that are doing well. Yeah, it's kind of fun, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So what else can we? What else? Uh, the Cardinals, Paul Gold, Paul Goldschmidt, obviously. I've been looking forward to this, Jay, since the schedule came out. I've been to like I want to cover the Dodgers, uh, and then of course last year. Uh, this is a great place to watch baseball. The the really everybody knows that follows the game. The fans are really good here. They generally show up in big numbers. They're, it's all red, uh, and and they're very knowledgeable and very appreciative. And I've been here for a couple big moments um, where you know it's just it's neat and to know that Paul Goldschmidt will be making his uh, first, you know, first plate appearance tomorrow uh, at the home opener. I've been looking forward to this. And he has four homers already. Of course, three were in one game. And since then, I've been for 16 with seven Ks uh, in the, in the uh, uh, what, four games since then. Which, hey, whatever. We talked about it being early. But, uh, you know, three in one game. Uh, so, you know, can't, can't argue with four bombs in your uh, first six games with a new team. Right, right. No, that's uh, <laughs> that's interesting. And, and uh, I, w- I was – just sort of looking at their at their roster to see who else they had. It was, I mean, their two catchers are are almost as old as you and I are, uh, <laughs> Yadi Molina and Matt Weeders. But the Padres, I guess, will miss Michaelis. That's a shame. I like watching him pitch. Yeah, I like, I like him. It's a shame. Yeah, I, 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 it's always fun to watch games there. And I mean, I I joke a lot about the best fans in baseball and all that, but they are great fans, and I, I give them credit for uh, you know you, you have to give them credit for coming out. 
uh, every year, year in, year out. I think they've missed the playoffs I'm now. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Three straight years I'm gonna now? I'm going to get myself in trouble. I think they've missed the playoffs three straight years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's funny. You talked the Cardinal way, and there was this time where they were in the playoffs all the time, uh, you know, virtually every year, and they were making uh, quite a few World Series appearances the first part of this decade. They've obviously made a lot in their history, but yeah. But you know what? They're always like this contender, right? They're buyers, uh, generally, and and uh, they're, they're always right there, and they're in a tough division tough and a lot of people had them winning the division this year in terms of the prediction i as i'm looking at this to see okay well it's early but let's see what's happening uh you know the cardinals have the second most strikeouts in the national league all right 72 and when you're on strikeouts who do you think you think padres are striking out as hitter are you talking about hitters as hitters oh okay out well, they're 17th. They've only struck out 56 times through six games. That's fewer than 10 times a game, which was like the benchmark last year. It, it felt. I, I was going to say it felt like about half those strikeouts came on uh, Tuesday night against Greinke. Because I think he had 10 in a span of about 15 hitters in uh, in that game. But, you know, look, you're going to have some, some ugly – Ugly performances, and 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 Granky's he's still a good pitcher, uh, you know, regardless of his opening day outing. And again, that, that is interesting that they're down in strikeouts. I mean, let let's see where it is in a few weeks, but but for now, you can definitely take advantage of of the fact they're not ranked in the top three or four, which is where we've seen them. Again, through six games, I will tell you that I've seen different types of hitters. The first few games maybe a little amped up. That's what Andy Green uh, kind of attributed it to. But uh, there have been a lot of better at bats in that season, especially a guy like Francie Cordero. Man, he seems to have improved by miles as a hitter. I know the numbers aren't fantastic right now, but honestly, uh, Francie's having a very good season at the plate so far. And Alfred <laughs> Milreyes is what is uh, is what? What's he hitting? I don't know, but uh, he's hitting the ball hard. And, right. and they're still so high on Fran Milreyes. I do want to ask you, but I, one of the things I did want to ask you before we run is that the outfield situation. Yesterday we saw that outfield that you wrote about during spring training where they went left to right with Renfro, Myers, and Reyes. Obviously not their best defensive outfield, but certainly you would think that's their best offensive outfield, especially against a left-handed starter. Do you think we're going to see more of that? I mean, it just feels like... It feels like Hunter Renfro's bat needs to be in the lineup. It feels like Reyes's bat needs to be in the lineup. We know Myers's bat needs to be in the lineup. That leaves Margot's glove out of the lineup. What do you think? Do you have any feel for whether we might see a little bit more of that? Well, I don't have a feel that's based on you know what things uh, have been done yet, but based on the things you just said, as in facts, and then a few things that have been said, both overtly and you read between the lines, it's like, yeah, you know what, Margot needs to hit, and they can't keep bats out of the lineup. And when, you know, that they believe that with uh, Skip Schumacher, the outfield coach, they can make that outfield decent enough, right? Mm-hmm. And, and keep working at it defensively as long as the guys out there are giving you good at bats and producing runs. And so right, right. while they want to challenge Will Myers to be better in center field and toward the end of spring, Andy said that experiment, we're not saying it's done, but uh, we, you know, we need to just see more. We're not comfortable with Will being in center a lot. Well, we got this, you know, we got what, seven games in and, and uh, he was put in center because he's hitting and you can't keep Reyes. And you could, you, obviously you start Renfro after the two home runs um and you you know uh, reyes is hitting the ball 99 miles an hour on average which is virtually impossible to sustain right. but maybe he can um <laughs> and you, you just you gotta have these guys in the lineup so yeah jay I, I do think we'll see it there more now 
Margot's had a couple big pinch hit at bats. You've got his glove. I mean, he's not entirely, you know, worthless, but, you know, he's not very good uh, as a hitter in comparison to what these other guys do. I think it's a nice rotation. We didn't, like I've mentioned Francis Cordero a couple, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago. If he keeps hitting, wow. It's quite the rotation, and I think we've seen we've seen some good defense. We've also seen some miscues that we need to keep an eye on. As in, if you're constantly rotating and have constantly guys, you know, get Cordero playing both corners, you got Renfro playing both corners, you got Myers playing all three positions, and they're all in there together right. uh, at different times. You know, we got to keep an eye on uh, how bad this defense is. Yeah, no, I would uh, I would agree. One final thing: how heavy is their pursuit of another starting pitcher? at this point and is it more likely to be someone that's not in baseball right now that used to pitch for the Astros or is it more likely to be someone that's on another roster and they might work a deal I think it's more likely to be a deal mm-hmm. so you know they are one of the teams that is like you know in I don't know daily but in uh, consistent contact with Scott Boris uh, agent for Dallas Keuchel uh, the price has to come down and, and it's this weird thing like well I mean, if they're in contention, doesn't that mean they're starting pitching between okay? Exactly. And, right. uh, you know, and, and, and I, I wrote about it. Like, not only do you have those prospects we talked about, you've got the Nelson Lament coming up later this season, uh, you know, late June, early July. You've got Garrett Richards supposed to be, you know, pitching. Uh, he'll be on any's limit, but he's supposed to be, you know, near the top of the rotation next year. Uh, and you commit yourself to a guy like Dallas Keiko. Well, what happens? Well, you know, I understand you're going to do that if you think that's the right thing to do, and you'll deal with the surplus, the supposed surplus later, right? These things have a way of taking care of themselves. Right. Okay, so then you want to trade a guy. All right, so you trade one of your outfielders. Um, well, was it if you had, if you ended up getting yourself a decent starting pitcher, you traded an outfielder and probably a couple prospects. So the starting pitcher you get in return better be really good mm-hmm. um, and help you win now. Otherwise, the Potters have a very realistic view of themselves, very realistic view of themselves, and and they're not going to, you know, punt on the future to maybe have a chance now. I, I I don't believe that now. Every time that you pontificate about what the Padres may or may not do, then A.J. Preller surprises you. But that is the that is the vision that I am getting right now. Okay, and there, and as of now, you don't expect Matt Whistler to be stretched out at all? You think they're looking for him as a guy that can sort of do that two- or three-inning thing because of the innings limits on some of these other guys? Certainly seems to be the focus for them is building their bullpen with that because of the situation with the inexperience and, uh, you know, the, obviously the, the – rehab sort of considerations with Paddock and Stram as they built the uh, get stronger after their injuries um that that seems to be the focus now it was mentioned uh, by a couple people that he you know Whistler has that ability and they'll see when he gets here what he looks like and that he could be uh you know a consideration to you know be stretched out but we'll We'll see. Right now, it is, hey, cool. This guy's looked really good lately, and there's another option to go uh, to go the two or three innings. All right, Kevin. Well, I will leave you to the rain, and it actually rained just a little bit here today, so um, you, you missed you, ah. you missed out on, on that, but I'm sure it will be nicer here over the weekend, but it won't be as nice as it is in St. Louis because they'll be playing baseball there. So you'll have, playing uh, baseball, 
and more storms supposedly on Sunday. So hopefully get uh, everything uh, together or get everything done uh, so that one of the uh, road trips each in the, uh, in the summer uh, isn't ruined by having to come back to steamy, hot St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do not want to be there in the summer. April is a good time for that, for, for that trip. So. All right. All right, Kevin, enjoy the, the uh, enjoy the weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday from San Francisco. Look forward to it. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.